0: morning how are you doing adam i'm doing good arrow how have we evolved from only nerds and scientists talked about aliens but now the government is is talking aliens everybody is talking aliens i I, it's it's been such an evolution and people are never going to believe our story
1: yeah it's pretty amazing and that's really kind of the reasons i wrote the book was i wanted people to understand how much progress you know i've been an astrophysicist for 30 years And I wanted people to see how close we are to actually getting some real data that can tell us, uh, answer the question, are we alone? That's been a basic, amazing change, and that's why I wanted to write the book.
0: See, now that brings me up to the question that I had with my wife a little bit earlier, and that is, is there a footprint up there in space where we can see where something is? Well, we could have an alien up here.
1: Uh, that's a great question. I actually have a chapter in the book. What we call solar system SETI—the mm-hmm. idea that look, you know, there's been life on Earth for three and a half billion years. Who knows? Maybe somebody, maybe some traveling species passed through, set up shop for a while, and left. Right? Uh, and so, would there be imprints? Would could we find something? We're not going to find anything on Earth because of you know the weathering. Like everything on the Earth uh, disappears after about a million years in <laughs> terms of traces. But on the moon, if somebody left something on the moon, it would last for, you know, hundreds of millions of years. So that's actually a possibility. You know, and I described that in the book that we should be looking in places in the solar system to see whether or not somebody left something.
0: You, you, you really do a, a great angle on this one, because so many times uh, in other books, we've always read about the past. And the focus of the little book of aliens is about the now and everything that could happen.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, What I want people to understand, this is really true when it comes to like UFOs and everything. You can either spend your life relitigating, you know, Roswell or something. Mm -hmm. But what I want people to understand is from the scientist's perspective and the scientific perspective, we now have the capacity to find life, alien life, where it lives on alien worlds. And that has never been possible before. And so the real focus here is that over the next 10, 20, 30 years We're going to be able to peer into the atmospheres of alien planets and look for signatures, what we call biosignatures and technosignatures, of alien life existing there right now.
0: So are we going to get the truth when it comes to what NASA found on that asteroid when it landed on it and grabbed some of its uh, particles?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I got friends of mine who are working on that. And it's the most exciting thing you know you could possibly imagine. We literally landed on an asteroid, scooped up some of its gravel. <laughs> and this is gravel that literally has been – this is stuff that's from the formation of the solar system five billion years ago, untouched. Nothing has happened to it. Um, and they brought it back and – And, you know, what we're going to do now is we're going to start breaking it apart, looking at it and looking for signs of the uh, that can tell us about maybe the origin of life. And the origin of life is something I dealt with a lot in the book, because whether you're interested in how life started on Earth or how life can start on other worlds, that question of how do you go from non-living stuff to something that's suddenly swarming around? How does that happen? And that's a basic question in astrobiology.
0: See, this is the thing that really inspires me about the future, because the next generations behind us are, you know, they have to have inspiration. They have to have reasons to believe. And it's books like this and what you're doing with astrobiology that opens up the door and doesn't create walls.
1: Yeah, thank you, Aaron. because that's, you know, for me. You know, I, you know, in writing a book about science, I'm a scientist, been a scientist for a long time, but I write these books because I want people to understand the uh, the beauty and the power of science and how science in your own personal life can really open up your view. You know, the world can be so horrible and there's so much horrible news, but science is a way of seeing that the world is actually... Amazing. Mm -hmm. And there's so many, there's so much more going on than just, you know, human beings being horrible to each other. And particularly when it comes to life in the universe, the possibilities of life in the universe, what we can see now is, is how those vistas are really opening up. And, you know, the students I'm teaching right now are going to be the ones who are likely going to be the driving forces for the discovery of life
0: in the universe. What are those students like? I mean, because I I instruct broadcasters and the the whole entire platform has changed dramatically. What are your students like? I'm amazed at how enthusiastic they are, you know, because the world's
1: gotten kind of hard, but they are just as enthusiastic and passionate about, you know, finding the answers to questions like, is there life in the universe? The question I pose in the book. or uh, using those answers to save the world, right, yeah. to, to make a better world. So I'm very impressed by their resilience and their continuing enthusiasm for the process of science, for the process of discovery.
0: With everything that you have learned, what you're teaching, what you're discovering, do you ever just sit back and just say, I'm not going to social media because that world out there is trying to kill itself and, and everything that we've got up to this point, it can't go away.
1: Yeah, I actually have exactly that point uh, or that 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 feeling. I, it's what people really should focus on, and what science I think allows us to do, and this question that I wrote about in the little book of aliens allows us to do is go beyond kind of the chatter, right? The 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 back and forth, people, the outrage, people always feeling, and see that you know we're part of something so much bigger. We mm-hmm. are embedded on a in a planet. That has had life for three and a half billion years at least. Mm-hmm. We are that planet is embedded in a solar system that has places other places where life could have formed. And that solar system is embedded in a galaxy with four hundred billion stars. And think about the possibilities of life and civilization when you have that many that that money stars and and planets
0: dude I've, I've been that little kid in a candy store with with that uh, rover up there on mars and, and then oh my oh. god what they have done in the past year and a half two years up there has just been so inspiring to my soul
1: yeah and you know what's amazing when you think about it is that they landed that thing exactly where they said <laughs> they were going to right and you know you talk about social media you know you look at social media and you would have the idea that everybody hates everybody else, right? Yep. But then you look at NASA and you see an example of Americans and, and people from all over the world working together, you know, putting in unbelievable amounts of hours to, to do the most amazing thing possible, to, send a, to launch a, ro- a rocket from Earth and have it land exactly where they wanted it to land after crossing, you know, billions of miles of space. So, you know, one of the great things about um, the space program and, and astrobiology and these telescopes we're building to find life is it shows you what human beings can do when we work together.
0: Adam, you you kind of touched on NASA on how unified they are. And, and you know, more and more every day I'm seeing people sporting the NASA, the NASA jerseys and shirts and things. But here's the part that really kind of still scares me is that you, you go up to the younger people and you say, man, thank you so much for promoting NASA. Oh, I just bought this at the store. And it's like, Oh, we're not there yet. We're not there yet.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I have the same thing. I'm always really amazed by that. It's like, Oh, you love NASA. It's like, I'm not really even sure what this means.
0: <laughs> Are you afraid of the great mystery being solved and it disappears from our need to wonder?
1: No, not at all. Because here's the cool thing about science uh, is that as soon as you answer a question, it just leads to the next question, <laughs> right. right? And if we discovered, you know, as I, you know, in the kinds of things that I talk about in the book, the kinds of investigations we're going to do to find life, as soon as we found, say, a techno signature of a civilization- that you know, Maybe we discovered it by seeing their city lights. That's one of the things I talk about, how we could discover artificial illumination on an alien planet. Well, what's the next thing? Okay, well, now you're going to try and look for other things, or you're going to try and figure out how to send a probe there. So it's the beauty of science is that, you know, very quickly... A discovery turns into the next kind of technique or technology to make the next discovery.
0: The clickbait or the 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 facts. Because yesterday I, I read an article about some comet that has exploded and its pieces parts are coming to this planet. And I'm going, there's no way. Why why are we just learning about this today?
1: Yeah, but so so I mean, one of the great things about what's happening now is we have these amazing satellites and sensors which uh, will let us know these things are out there and we're developing like we did last year, that capacity to actually redirect them. Mm -hmm. And this is important because what we're interested in is becoming a spacefaring race, becoming a civilization that can last a long time. And, you know, that we think when uh, we look for other civilizations – that they're going to be older than us. I did some work on this and I talk about it in the book that most, if we find civilizations, odds are they're going to be older than us, which means they figured out how to survive things like comet impacts over long times.
0: Oh, that's a good point of direction. And so then that, that kind of like erases one of these questions. I was going to say, why have they always called it intelligent life? Well, do we know that for a fact?
1: Well, think about it this way. If the dinosaurs had a space program, they'd (laughs) still be around, right? They could have (laughs) redirected that comet that hit them. So, you know, the development of these kinds of technologies, and this is what we, you know, when I, uh, in the NASA work I do, thinking about extraterrestrial civilizations, we have to plot out, kind of be systematic and scientific about saying like, what would a civil, what's generic that a civilization, what does every civilization have to do? And things like space defense, every civilization is going to live in a solar system with comets. They're all going to have to do that. Can we find uh, can we use that as a techno signature? Can we use that to find evidence? That's the kind of things I lay out in the book, the strategies we're developing for finding life on distant worlds.
0: And that book we're talking about is a little book of aliens where we did discuss a little bit earlier that it's about the now and it's about what could happen in the future. But so now let me ask you this question Then we've always seen these pictures of what aliens look like in the past. Is the modern day technology going to paint us a different picture of what an alien is supposed to look like?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Thank you. Because you know what that really speaks to is evolution, right? We do now, even if we can't take a picture, you know, right now, like if we found life on an alien planet that was 10 light years away, evolution tells us our understanding of evolution tells us some important things. And one of them is that, you know, evolution, there's two main forces in evolution. One is what we call um, convergence. Is that, you know, you always have to, evolution always has to solve the same problems, right? So if you're on a planet with an atmosphere, you're probably going to develop wings, right? There's going to, you're going to find some creature with wings. Um, But there's also contingency or accidents. Evolution works by a zillion accidents. (laughs) And so what that means is uh, alien life is, you know, we might expect wings or legs Mm -hmm. or eyes but it's not going to look anything like us. So the idea that, like you know, these grays that people show these pictures of the you know UFO pilots who basically look like versions of us but it's kind of smaller and weirder, never going to happen. I mean, just from from evolutionary point of view, it's like when we find actual alien life, we should expect to be surprised and probably really grossed out.
0: There are two different types of people when it comes to space aliens. That I, that, that there are those that have a fascination with space, and there are those that fear it. Do you bump into the same person?
1: I do. I'm always interested that you know when I give public talks that some people look at the night sky and you know the thousands of stars and the vastness and they feel that they're small and that terrifies them. But I've always been of the opposite side, which is that you know life is hard and knowing that there's so many stories out there that our particular story is just one story out of so many gives me comfort because you know okay my tire got flat on the highway Eh, it's a big universe. You know, it's not just about me. So I find great comfort in the vastness of the universe.
0: Speaking of looking at those stars, when you look out into space, is it like walking on a beach searching for a sand dollar? Because what we see and what you see are two completely different things.
1: Yeah, the interesting thing is because, uh, you know, as I said, the the uh, huge advances that we've made in studying the stars, if we're looking for life, we now know exactly where to look. We know which stars have planets and which planets are in the right place for life to form. But let me give you an amazing statistic that I really unpack in the book. When you look at the stars at night, every one of them, everyone has a family of worlds around, right? That means, you know, planets are places. You look at those pictures of Mars and you know, it looks like, you know, the desert in (laughs) California, planets are places. And so there are billions of planets in the galaxy and one out of every five when you see the stars count up five of them one of them is going to be in the right place for right orbit where life could form so that's a pretty stunning stunning statistic right there's a lot of places where the experiment with life has nature's run that experiment
0: how do you keep it so simple because I, i i i felt like i was going to be talking with albert einstein today and now i i feel like i'm sitting here with a friend and he's saying hey look let me tell you what i just read today and what i've studied over the past umpteen years
1: well, you know, this is, uh, you know, this I wrote the book in my native New Jersey voice, right? So I'm from, I'm from Jersey, right outside of the city, New York City. And, you know, this is the way I encounter science. Like, yeah, I can do the math, you know, I have, I have some small amount of ability as a mathematician, so, you know, I can, but for me, this is the voice, you know, that occurs for me. And that's hopefully the voice in the book. I want people, I wanted to give people a fun, fast way to encounter all the amazing things that are happening in astronomy. And so, you know, Carl Sagan was my hero when I was growing up. I always had an interest in showing people, you know, my enthusiasm that I have for science. It blows my mind every day. I wanted to share with
0: people. Wow, you've got to come back to this show anytime in the future, Adam. The door is always going to be open for you.
1: All right, that would be a real pleasure. Thank you. Excellent.
0: Well, you'd be brilliant, okay?
1: Thanks, man. This was great. I really enjoyed it.